Good morning, Connect Church. How are we doing today? Happy Sunday. I want to give a big shout out to our online campus. Thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, whether you're in the couch or in your car, uh, you are family. So thank you. I want to shout out our Framingham campus. I love you guys. Thank you for your support in my Bellingham TC home. I want to shout you guys out. I don't know if you know, but there's a regal revival going on in that movie theater. Something special is going on in Bellingham. So if you don't know me, my name is Jimmy Klimowitz. I, I operate on our Next Steps team in Bellingham. And so I help kind of shuttle people in, uh, new guests, and get them plugged in and activated within the church. On behalf of me and my speakers uh, here, I want to honor the pastors of this house. Can we give it up for Pastor Derek and Stacey Fry? Thank you, guys. It, it is so clear how much time and blood, sweat, and tears you just poured into the next generation. And so thank you for your investment in us. Uh, we don't take that lightly. We don't even take being up here lightly. Thank you for allowing us to share your pulpit, build your house, follow your vision. Uh, we love you. Yes. So this, this year, I've spent so much time in a lot of places, but I really have spent a lot of time in church. And so um, a few probably months ago, I was in a service session just like this, and something caught my eye. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the presence of God, uh, but it was the presence of a woman of God. <laughs> I'm telling you, she was beautiful, and she loved the Lord, so she checked all my boxes. I... <laughs> and and so, so naturally, like any good Christian male would do to impress her, I put away chairs after service. I, <laughs> I, I made sure to stack as many as I could. And, and so uh, I knew the first step to relationship was being her friend. And so our pastors talk about it. I've read all the books, and so I said, I'm just going to message her. I'll get to know her. And so I slid in those DMs very smoothly, I could say, because, uh, church, I, I'm not an awkward guy. And so uh, I, I begin to message her. We talk about her interests and her passions and uh, her job, just very casual uh, social conversation. And out of nowhere, uh, she texts, she goes, hey, can I ask you something? And immediately my heart sunk. I was like, you know it's bad when they have to text a question to ask a question? <laughs> and so she goes, hey, it seems like through our conversation, you have an interest in me. Uh, I want to let you know I don't have an interest in you at all. Man, that hurt. That hurt. That, that was something I wrestled with. Um, I, I went to bed that night super restless. I couldn't even sleep. Uh, just just thinking, just just really struggling in my heart. I, I can remember lying on my bed, just looking up at the ceiling, uh, asking God, be like, God, is there something wrong with me? Is, is there something wrong with me? Lord, where are you? Like, God, I was doing all the right things. I, 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 was, I was working hard. I was saving money. I was, I was going to school. I was, I was getting a degree. I was working out. I, I was following the Lord. Why is this not happening? What happens when you're doing all the right things, but everything goes so wrong? I want to take you to a passage in Genesis 37 through 50, the story of Joseph, uh, where Joseph goes through this same transition. You see, Joseph was a son of Jacob. He had many brothers, but the Bible says he garnered favor with his, uh, his father because he was born to him at an old age. And so 
Jacob gave him a coat of many colors. Uh, many of us have heard the story, and his brothers didn't like that. And so Joseph is given a dream from God. He sees far off that his brothers are going to come and bow down to him. And he shares this with his brothers and his father, and they become bitter. And so they conspire against him, and they lead him out into the hills. And at that point, they plan his death, and they throw him into a pit. One of his brothers actually reasons with them. He says, let's not kill him. Let's just leave him here. Uh, and so they, they take his coat, and they dip it in blood. They're going to fake his death and go back to Jacob and say, your son has died. He will not return. But before they go back, they, they see some Midianites off in the distance. And they say, you know what? Let's just sell him. Let's make money off of him. And so Joseph in that moment was given so much. He has so much aspirations. He had so much hope. But he was stuck in a pit. I wonder if you've been in a pit today. I wonder if you've, you've had a moment where, where you've seen life happen all around you, but you've been stuck in despair. It seems like everything you hoped to be was not coming to pass. Joseph is stuck in this pit, and he's restless, and he's struggling. God, where are you? You gave me this dream. I, did, I was faithful, and nothing has come to pass. I want to tell you today, the pit isn't permanent. I don't believe that pit is permanent. See, the, the cool thing about this, the cool thing is that Joseph's story is in Genesis 37, but there's a Genesis 38 and a 39 and a, and a 40 and a 41. And so I want to tell you today that your story will continue. Just as Joseph's story continued, your story will continue. They say the devil's in the details, oh, but God writes your story. And so, and so I want to tell you that Joseph's story continued. Your story will continue. We want to talk to you on the subject of looking at God. Because I think if you look hard enough, you put on the right lenses, you can identify God in every season of your life. The Bible says, he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion unto the day of Christ. All things work together for the good of those who love him. Church family, reflect. Take a second, look back. I can promise you God has been in the details. The author of creation has been writing your story. Church, look at God. Come on, Jim. Come on, church. Look at God. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. Come on. Good morning, good morning, and like Jimmy, like Jimmy mentioned earlier, we're going to be in the story of Joseph this morning, and so let me get my notes open real quick. First and foremost, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Christian. Uh, I actually serve at the 508 here as the 508 director, and so, and so I, I hope you don't hear that and think I'm just throwing a title at you. I hope you hear that as an invitation that if you're from the age of 18 to 30, that you would come and talk to me because the 508 has done so many things in my life. It has really changed my life for the better. And I don't want to just have, I don't want that just for myself. I want to give that to someone else. And so if you're from the ages of 18 to 30, this is your invite to come talk to me. Let's get you plugged in. Let's get you into community. All right. Sound good? All right, we're going to turn today to Genesis 37. Uh, that's where we're going to go. And so if you want to get into your Bibles right now, TC and Framingham, if you can open up your Bibles to Genesis 37 this morning. And so like Jimmy had alluded to, his brothers did not, uh, Joseph's brothers did not take lightly to his gift that God had given him of, of visions. And, and so at this point in the story, they're plotting against him and they're plotting to hurt him. Initially, they wanted to kill him, but now they're plotting to hurt him. And so I'm going to pick up right at verse 19, and this is his brother, brothers talking amongst each other. 
And so the Bible talks like this. It says, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. And then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Church, I'm going to say, family, I'm going to say something that's a little spicy. I'm going to say a spicy statement. The past hurts. The past hurts. If we're honest with ourselves, the past hurts. If you don't believe me, I'll prove it to you. Five days ago, I went to the gym. I worked out my legs. Today, I stand before you. I'm still in pain. The past hurts. The past hurts. And I know, I know, that was funny. That was funny. But I think if we're real honest with ourselves, Framingham, I think if we're honest with ourselves and TC, if we're honest, man, I, I think that if we really uh, take a moment to look back at our past, there, there are some things that may, you know, really come to the surface and, and, and you may feel this real pain, this real hurt. Maybe it was something that happened last week. Maybe it was something that happened a year ago, five, ten, ten years ago maybe even. And you're thinking, man, when I look back at that, I don't see God. I see pain. And I feel pain. And I'm not here to tell you that that pain isn't real. I'm not here to tell you that what you went through, whether that was a trauma, whether that was a betrayal, whether that was someone who you were supposed to trust that took advantage of your trust and that took advantage of you. I'm not here to tell you that that pain is not real. No, actually, I'm here to encourage you, family. I'm here to encourage you that you can look past the pain and find God. And, and, so, and so, church, I'm asking you to look, to look at your past and find God. And I want to introduce a little bit of my story this morning. And so I was actually raised um, by a single mother with three kids. And, and, I'm, and I, don't, I don't say that to, to, for have you, to have you guys think, man, that, that must have been really tough for him and, and life must have been real tough. No, I actually, I, I say that and, and, I, and I really feel like very proud of the fact that I was raised by a single mother who was so hardworking, that was willing to provide for her family. She gave us everything we could have ever needed. And, you know, you know, finances were, were tough, but at the same time, God was in the finances. He was in the details. And so I, I, can, I, can, I can remember a specific uh, situation that had happened. We were, it was in the middle of January, and this is for my online campus. Uh, we're in New England right now, and so our, our, our uh, winters are very cold. Specifically, our Januarys are very cold. And so it's the middle of January and we lose our electricity. And to, to skip some of the details, our electricity was what, what powered our heater. And so when we lost our electricity, we really lost our heat system. And so in the middle of January, for three weeks, we don't have any heat. And I can just remember looking at my mom and I can just remember seeing the anxiousness, the fear, the, the, the frustration uh, overcome her because she's thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these damages. I don't know how I'm going to be able to fund you know, this, this issue that's come about because honestly, we, we lived paycheck to paycheck. And, and so when this came up, man, we were not ready for it. And, and I know initially I can look at this story and see, man, I, can, I can think, hey, where was God? No, 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 God was in the details. And so how? And so we were, so when we were, when this was happening, we actually had a local church come to our aid and they, oh, I'm sorry. We had a local church come to our aid and they, and they gave us a generator. Someone say generator for me. PD, that's, that's a trick I stole from you. That was a trick I stole from PD. I wasn't going <laughs> to. No, so they gave, they gave us a generator. <laughs> I know, I know. A local church gave us a generator, right? And so God was there, right there, because the local church came to our aid. How many know the local church is the hope of this world? 
How many know that when the insurance came to, to review the issue, they were actually able to fund the, fine, the, the issue and pay for the damages? And so how many know that God was in the details? He paid for the damages. And so although this was a difficult situation, man, God was right there all, all through it all. And, and so I, I want to actually look at Joseph's story. Similarly, <clears throat> I just turned 14 and a half. Similarly, <laughs> similarly, <laughs> similarly. Um, similarly, God, God was in Joseph's story because we, we hear that they wanted to kill him. His brothers wanted to kill him, but that didn't happen. God was there for him. They wanted to throw him into a pit, and so they threw him into a cistern. And so just so, for a little context, cisterns, the way they were built, they were supposed to be these 10-foot deep jugs filled with water. And so they threw him into one of these, but he didn't drown. And so God was in those details. He did not allow him to get killed by his brothers. He didn't allow him to drown because that was not God's plan for Joseph's life. And, that's not, and God's plan for your life is not for, you to hurt, for, not for you to go to stay in your pain. And so you may have gone through pain, but it's not his plan for you to stay in your pain. But some of you guys, but, but some people this morning are, are asking, how do, I, how, how do I find God? Family, I'm, I'm encouraging you this morning to, to shift your perspective. Shift your perspective. Well, how do you do that? You know, how, how, do, I, how do I go about that? Man, I want to encourage you this morning to surrender it all to God. Surrender it all to God. Surrender your past. Surrender your pain. Surrender your hurts to God because... Man, like, I'm, I'm telling you, there, there's something about surrendering it all and knowing that you don't have to identify with your past. You don't have to identify with your shortcomings. You don't even have to identify with your sin. It is the, it is the lie of the enemy for, for him to convince us that we should identify with our past, with our sin, with our, with our shortcomings. And I want you to understand today that you don't have to identify with your past. You can identify with Jesus Christ. You can identify with the King of Kings. And so, family, I'm asking you this morning if you can look at God. Look at God. How y'all doing? You doing good? Man, my name is Oscar. If y'all don't know me, I serve humbly with the 508 and with CY. Um, man, I got to be honest with you guys. This is a dream come true for me. Like, seriously, I'm the youngest one here, but like, Wow, I'm pitching myself right now. Wow. Um, just want to honor mom and dad of the house, Pastor Derek and Stacy. I love you guys so much, but also my parents right here. Mom, dad. I wouldn't be here without you guys. This is, you guys have raised me up so well, and I promise that I'll make you proud, not just today, but for the rest of my life. I love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. But one of the things I thank God for the most uh, in my life it's the thing he's given me so many times, and I ask him, why did Jesus give this to me? But he does all the time. And uh, it's vision. God gives me vision. And, you know, with vision, you need to do three things. You need to invest in it. You need to be intentional with it. But you have to be intimate with it. You got to be intimate with it. And so with Joseph in the text, he was a man of vision. He got a glimpse of future. And so when God gave him his first dream, he was ecstatic. How could you not be? Getting a dream, getting a word from God, getting a vision from God. How could you not be excited? He told his mom, his dad, his brothers. Five years ago, I started coming to this church. And actually, my first youth service, uh, Pastor Devin looked straight at me and he said, I see a preacher in you. First, the fear of God came onto me. But second, I was like, wow, I'm excited. And so I went home that night. Mom was downstairs working. I went down to my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm going to be a preacher. She's like, 
that's great, that's awesome. And I went to dad, and dad was like sleeping on his chair, and he's like, dad, he's like, what, what, what? And he's like, I'm going to be a preacher. He's like, all right, and then he goes back to sleep. I told my uncle, I told my aunt, even told my, my cousin's dog, Zeus, and he, he, he hopped around for me. Like, it was great. It was great. So excited, so ecstatic, so energetic, and so hopeful. And then when you look, look further into the story of Joseph, you see that he got sent to slavery, went to Potiphar's house, and then for Potiphar's house, he went to prison for doing the right thing. And I relate so much to that story because as excited as I was, 2020 came around. 2020 came around, and that was a point in my time, that was the darkest moment in my life where I heard this vision, I had this promise, but I didn't see it coming. And I couldn't see it down the road. I was alone, didn't have church, didn't have school. Family, I didn't, have, I didn't even have prom. I, I saved money on a tux, though. That's good. But that was a moment where I asked God, God, you promised me I was going to be a preacher. You promised me these things. I'm sure Joseph was asking the same thing. And then it came down to one question that I asked God multiple times, and he finally answered it, but later on. But this question was, did you pick the right guy? Are you sure? Because you promised me one thing, and I don't see it coming. Did I do something wrong? Where's my audience? So I'm sure Joseph was asking the same thing. Where were the people that were supposed to bow down to me? But here's the thing about God. When he gives you vision, and for vision to become reality, he needs you to do two things and find two things. Your what and your why. In Genesis chapter 40, verse 6, it says here, so he's in the prison. And there's a cupbearer and a baker from the, from the Egyptian palace in the prison with Joseph, and they just had a dream. And they didn't know what it meant. They had no idea what, it, what God was trying to tell them. And so here in the text it says this. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. Family, right there is Joseph's why. His why was not just to interpret dreams, but to, just to interpret them. No, that was the solution. But the problem, his why, is because people were troubled. Yeah. Yeah. People were troubled. And in the text, it, there's a word prisoner. I'm going to throw, throw some theology at you guys. Be prepared. And the word prisoner in the Hebrew language, it translates to this word azar, which means to bind, to make ready, to battle, and to prepare. So I know I'm not the only visionary in this room today. I know I'm not the only one with dreams and aspirations today. And some of you may have dreams, but you feel like you're in a prison right now. Family, let me encourage you. You're not in a prison. You are in preparation. God is preparing the promise for you, but you got to stick with it. You got to gotta still seek him. You got to keep going. So later on in the story, we see Pharaoh. He finally dreams a dream. He is troubled. He doesn't have an interpretation. And so the cupbearer went back to the had gone back to the palace, and he told Pharaoh, "Hey, there was this man, and he interpreted my dream, and he could do it for you too." Because at that time, Joseph got the what and the why. The what gives you the authority, but the why gives you the humility to carry that. You need both. You need both of those things. So Pharaoh gets, goes to Joseph, asks him, asks him to interpret the dream, and. What he said, and then Joseph interpreted the dream, and, and uh, finally, 
interpreted the dream, and then Pharaoh knew exactly what it meant. And so then Pharaoh said this last line, which really got me. And it's in Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. And it says, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? At first, Joseph thought that he was given authority for people to bow down to him. Joseph was not given authority for people to bow down to him, but he was given authority so he can lead people to who to bow down to. That's why Joseph was given authority. So family, today, I was praying this morning, and this Joseph's story continued, my story continued today. Today, I was praying this morning in tears, thanking God for the grace he had in my life, the favor that he had in my life, the promise that he still kept. And I know some of you are asking me, Oscar, okay, I understand you got to prepare for the promise, but how do you do that? One simple word. You got to seek him. Just like how Joseph sought him out in the prison. Just like how I sought him out in that backyard in pain, in tears. And I went and sought him out again today, but it was a whole different ball game. Because today was the day that God fulfilled his promise. And that's because I still sought him out. In my struggles, in the harvest, in the humility, I sought him out. So family, I'm begging you, I am pleading to you, seek God out whether you're in a prison or whether you're in har harvest. Because let me tell you something, church. Dreams come true when you look at God. Look at God. Good morning. My name is Jen. Yeah, let's go, family. My name is Jen, and I am the service director for the 508, but I also, let's go, but I also lead a small group over at Connect Youth. Let's go, Connect Youth. And I, as I was sitting down, I was listening to Jimmy, Christian, Oscar, pleading with you to look at God, and I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at myself, I'm reflecting, and I'm like, all right, look at God, look at God. I can look at my past, and I can see where God has been in my past, and I can look to my future, and I can believe for where God's going to be in my future, but if I'm going to be very honest and vulnerable with you guys this morning, a lot of the times I find myself looking at my now, my present, and asking where God is. Like, I look in my past, and I see where he's shown up for me in my family issues and financial issues and, and relationship issues. And when I look to the future, I can see where he's been for, or where he's going to be for me for when I'm a future wife, in my marriage, in my future kids' lives, in my future career. But right now, as a full-time student, a full-time employee, full-time friend, daughter, team lead, mentor, mentee, I still struggle to find God. And some of you might be sitting here today online, Tri-County, um, Framingham. Some of you might be sitting here today looking at a ton of, or a few 20-year-olds, barely 20-year-olds, but a few 20-year-olds speak and asking you to plead at, or look at God. And you might be feeling a little frustrated. You don't know what I've been through. That thoughts that might be running through your head. I'm, you're half my age. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. How are you telling me to look at God? Who here knows that a lot of the times when you're in a very dark place, it's hard to see God unless he shows up in a very bright light. And I think sometimes we don't see that light. And in Joseph's story, when he was in the prison, he was in a very dark place. But then God showed up in a very bright light. 
the cupbearer was in the prison with him. He interpreted the dream through Joseph, or Joseph, God interpreted the dream through Joseph. And Joseph at that moment was probably like, God, thank you for coming through. Am I getting out of here now? But in Genesis 40, 23, it says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot. Can you guys say forgot? forgot. He forgot him. Wow. How many times have maybe you been forgotten by the world and fallen to believe the lie that God forgot about you too? How many times? Maybe it was from a mom, a dad, someone that, you were, that was put in your life to, to live life with you and they forgot about you. Joseph was forgotten for two years. That's 104 weeks, 730 days, 17,523 hours. Don't ask me how many minutes or seconds because I have no idea. But 17,523 hours he was forgotten. But maybe you've been forgotten for longer. Maybe it's been more than two years. Maybe it's been five, 10, 15. I like my intervals of five. But maybe it's been longer. But can I just suggest something? You might have been forgotten by the world, but God hasn't forgot about you. God is not a forgetful God. That is not his nature. He hasn't forgotten about you. In fact, he has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan to give you hope and a future. And if you still don't believe me, turn your Bibles to Genesis 50, 20. This is where Joseph um, was talking to his brothers after he got out of his dark days. And he said, he looked them, looked at them and said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. A dark season can be a healing season. It might hurt, but it's going to help. When I was 15, so about like last week, um, my brother and I did an escape room together, and it was prison theme. We, we got jumpsuits on, they, they handcuffed us, the game master took us into this room, they're like, they put us in a cell, locked up the cell, and he said, if you need anything, there's a big red button, but let's see if you can get to that red button, the cell's locked. And we're like, okay, no worries, we got this, we're smart people. Um, and as soon as he uh, left, the, the timer went on, and we're like, okay, first step, we need to get the key that's on that hook. We got the key, we got out of the cell, and we're like, we're free, except we have 17 clues and we're still handcuffed. Um, and at one point, maybe two thirds into our time, my brother had accidentally tightened his handcuffs and he's like, Jen, I have to go press the red button. This is hurting me. And he went up to the game master and he said, Hey, I accidentally tightened my handcuffs. Can you just loosen it for me? And the game master looked at my brother. He was probably like 17. He said, bro, the key for your handcuffs is in your cell. The key for the handcuffs is in your cell. Can I just suggest that maybe you're feeling like you're in a prison, like you're in a jail cell, but the key is in your dark place. And what's the key you might ask? It's the word of God. So what do we do with that key? First, we had to surrender. We had to seek. But now we need to seal that key into our heart, seal God's words into our hearts. Because once we do that, we're able to make wise preferences. Wise preferences. When Joseph was in the prison, 
He was, he was in a dark place, maybe the scariest place he probably could have been in. And, and he was there for two years, 17,523 hours. And after those two years, Pharaoh came up to him and he goes, hey, I heard you can interpret dreams. Can you do that for me? But once we seal God's word into our heart, our preferences fall under his will and not our own. Because get this, our preferences will expose our pride if we have not sealed his word into our hearts. Joseph had sealed God's word into his heart. So when Pharaoh asked that question, when Pharaoh asked that question, I probably would have said, yeah, I can interpret your dream. All I need is a nice warm bath. Get me out of this prison. Maybe a nice acai bowl. Don't forget the Nutella. But Joseph said, I cannot do it. I can't interpret your dreams, but my God will give Pharaoh the answers he desires. Who here knows that I can't do it, you can't do it, but our God can do it. Our God can do it. All you have to do is seal his words into your heart to look at God in the presence or present. Seal his word into our heart so we can make wise decisions or preferences under his will. And so when, when those circumstances come about, I urge you not to be blinded by those circumstances, but to look at God. Look at God. Absolutely so proud of you guys. You guys have been amazing in my life and in the lives of many. Um, good morning, church family. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Heather. I lead a small group in CY, and I'm also the Next Steps Director in Tri-County. Shout out, TC. Absolutely missing you guys this morning. But it's such an honor to be here with all of you guys, and it's such an honor to just be here and poured into by the pastors, by the 508 CY. Um, you guys have made such a difference. And as you guys know, we're talking about the story of Joseph. And the reason we chose the story of Joseph is because it enlightens God's redemptive power over and over again. <laughs> See, our God's a redeemer. And we want to be able to show you God in every season of your life. See, there's a scripture in Romans 8.18 that says that our current sufferings can't compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. Joseph went from suffering to God's glory, from the pit to the palace. God redeemed him. He protected him. He provided for him because that is our God. That's our Father who loves us. For Joseph, the pit was a prison. But what does your prison look like? See, I remember... <laughs> I remember it wasn't too long ago that I was in my darkest pit. I was in a pit of depression, anxiety, a prison of destruction. I was turning to all the wrong things. I was turning to drugs, to alcohol, to broken relationships. I was hopeless. I was lost. 
And I remember this one specific night where things escalated so quickly. And I remember thinking that I wasn't gonna make it out of my own house alive. And I was on my knees, staring at death in the eyes, and I got asked this one question that I could not fathom. And I was like, give me one reason why you should live. And at that moment, I couldn't think of one. I wasn't good enough. I'm never gonna be good enough. I'm not seen. I'm not loved. I've done all these things. All these things have been done to me. And I didn't know God. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't see God. But family, let me encourage you that even in the middle of your suffering, that God is with you because God protected me then so that he could use me now. Your current sufferings can compare to the glory that will be revealed in your lives. And trust me, I get it. When you're in it, it is hard to see him and it is hard to feel him. But let me encourage you, family, that we serve a God who loves you who says that you are worthy, you are forgiven. The pit was not permanent for Joseph. The pit wasn't permanent for me. And the pit is not permanent for you because God has greater plans for you. I don't know what your prison looks like, but let me encourage you that your prison is not your final destination. God has greater plans. Your occurring sufferings can't compare to the glory that God's going to reveal in your life, family. Today I get to walk in freedom from anxiety, from depression, from hopelessness. And today some of you are going to walk out of here different. Some of you are going to walk out of here free. Some of you are not going to struggle with that anymore. Some of you are going to find family and hope because he was a redeemer then and he is a redeemer now. He was a miracle worker then and he is a miracle worker now. He was a provider then and he's a provider now. God loves you. He has plans for you. Church family, can I pray with you guys this morning? Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of many, Father Lord, the hearts of the people behind the screen and TC here in this campus in Framingham, Father Lord. I specifically want to uplift anyone that has been hopeless lately. Anyone who has feel like they're in their prison and they cannot get out of it. Any person that has been struggling with depression, Father Lord, with anxiety, Father Lord, I uplift them to you, Father, and I ask you to do what only you can do in their lives. Lord, will you ignite a flame of faith within them, a flame of hope within them, Father Lord. Father, I pray for healing in their hearts, Father. I ask for a breakthrough, Father Lord. Will you break the shackles of depression? Will you break the shackles of anxiety, Father Lord? The shackles of unworthiness, the shackles of shame, Lord. I ask you to break them in the name of Jesus, Lord. Will you do what only you can do, Father? Father, I pray for healing. Lord, I pray for our family. 
Will you provide them with a family that is going to help uplift them, to help guide them, Lord? But do what only you can do, Father, Lord. I pray for a special encounter with you, Lord. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you for what you've been doing this weekend, Lord. I thank you, Father, Lord, that today people are going to walk out transformed. That even if they may not feel it, Father, Lord, I thank you that today is the day that a seed was planted in them for their next step, Father, Lord. And Lord, we honor you and we glorify you because you deserve all the glory. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tri-County, Framingham, oh, we love you so, so much. Uh, go and minister. Church, I, I don't know if you feel like today that, that maybe you've ran out of ink in your story. Uh, it, you've, you've come to the, the last chapter, and it, and it seems like there's, no, there's nothing on the next page. Oh, you've, you've heard their stories. You, you've heard it. You, you've heard Christian and, and Oscar and Jen and Heather. and You've heard my story. Uh, you've heard Joseph's story. We've, we've read you the text. Um, but I want to give you the opportunity today to invite God into your story. See, this is the gospel. This is it. And it's, it's, it's wonderful because God came down to earth, the author of creation, to be in your story, to play a part, to have a role. And so God came down to earth in the form of a man, Jesus, his only begotten son, lived on earth for 33 years, a sinless life. Born to die, brought to the cross, <laughs> the same as Joseph, went through all those things for a greater good so that it could bridge the gap between heaven and earth. You could be brought back into relationship with God again. And so this isn't just about eternity. God wants to be involved in your story now. He wants to play a part. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to commune with you. There is a God who wants to be in relationship with you. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to encourage you. Uh, everything you've been struggling with, everything, maybe it took you a lot just to be here this morning. Start to think about that. The forefront of your mind. Uh, it, it, that's, you've wanted to give up, but for some reason you're still here today. I believe that's for a purpose. And so I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you don't even know this God we speak of. You have no idea. He's foreign to you. Um, or, or, or maybe you've taken the pen. You've begun to write your own story. And it's time to re-invite God into what's going on. I want to give you that, that option today, that opportunity. Would you take a chance? Would you take a chance on what could change your life? And so on the count of three, if you want to commit your life to Christ, if you want a new writer to come on the team to start to write your story, or if you want to recommit your life to Christ, if it's time for a change, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. We want to pray together in solidarity. Uh, one, Jesus loves you so, so much. He does. He died for you. He would do it again if that was necessary, but the cross is still valid. 
to today is your day for salvation. Don't wait another moment. The Bible says tomorrow's not promised. Don't be banking on making this decision years from now. God wants to do something today. And three, would you raise your hand? I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. Yes. Okay. Okay, family. I see you. I see you up front. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Yes. Uh, family, can we pray together? Uh, repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. God, I give you my life. Father, write my story. Uh, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Thank you for going to the cross. God, I recognize the resurrection. I want to leave here different. Seal this prayer in my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.